0: Welcome everyone to stepping into your leadership. I'm your host, Christine Courtney. Our goal here is to give you some actionable takeaways that will help you lead your teams. Thanks for joining us on this leadership journey. Let's get started. I'm excited today to have Erica back in the leadership lounge with us here today. I just came up with that Um, leadership lounge. Let me know if you like it out there. Erica's back by popular demand, and we have a very important topic today to talk about, which is also fun to talk about, right? It's a fun topic, which is appreciation. So appreciate to motivate. That's my little mantra for myself around this. It's probably going to also come up about how this is a really good part of practicing gratitude, which there's been numerous studies out lately about improved well-being, um, enhanced mental health for the person that's feeling and and showing gratitude and for the person receiving. And so there it's good on all sides. It's good on all sides, right? So, Erica's is here today because I think she happens to be one of the best people I know about expressing appreciation and gratitude to the point where when she was working for us in the very very beginning i said erica what's your what's your long term career goals you know and um she would say well you know this leadership stuff is fine but really i want to open up a card store and i was like what and she was like yeah to so i can show and express and help people express appreciation and love for each other you know all over the world and i remember that has always stuck in my mind erica so that even though she has been with us for over 22 23 years 25 maybe
1: still my dream
0: (laughs) it's still her dream but I think she's just making it come true here with the amount of cards I just got a card from her for Halloween right I was like wow who gives Halloween cards after you know 15 but Erica does and I felt great and our whole team felt great and she did it after our executive team meeting halloween card that expressed beautifully um a moment a situation of gratitude and um i know that we all felt like a bond and an appreciation in that moment so anyway that's just one example of her magnitude of gratitude i'm gonna have you rhyming all up and you've down you've got
1: like 10 catchphrases already i've had to I,
0: it's true a magnitude of gratitude i've got i'm gonna have a whole little rap for no don't worry my kids are gonna well like my kids would listen to this but if they did they'd be cringing right now all right anyway erica petrelli is here in the house with us today in the lounge and erica i just wanted to introduce her again she's an amazing keynote speaker a coach a leadership development goddess she helps write our curriculum she helps leads teams she's an amazing facilitator and she certainly helped me tremendously on my own leadership journey so we're here to talk about appreciation and how you use appreciation with your teams how you get your teams to be better at, at this you can certainly use it in your personal life as well it's just good all around So welcome, Erica. Well,
1: hi. We have to take a quick detour immediately, which will actually stay in the vicinity of the topic. But when you, in part of your introduction about the card store, we have to start there because you said it kind of as a joke, but it's a truth. So as Christine said, my dream still to this day is to own my own card and gift store. And over the years, that's just been it from the start. And she jokingly said, you know, I think Erica's just found a way to do that here. And there was a moment and it was probably like maybe 10 years ago that I realized the essence, the essence of the card and gift store was this idea of spreading joy and adding to the positive part of somebody's day, right? Because people come into a card and gift store because they're looking to brighten someone's day. That's the sole reason the card and gift store exists is I'm coming in here to spread some cheer and a a whole different conversation probably should be about this idea of Ikigai, right? Finding your why. And for me, that was it. Like the why is that being a source of joy.
0: Okay, you can't throw out a word like ikigai and not explain it a little bit more. <laughs> I
1: told you we were detouring from the start. It'll, it'll all connect. The, the dots will connect, I promise. So ikigai is this well-studied and well-known Japanese word that means your life purpose. It came into kind of public understanding back when, do you remember whatever that book was where they were studying the blue zones around the world? Places where that had the most number of octogenarians, is that the right word? People that live past 100. Yes. So they wanted to figure out what's the secret of life, right? And so if we go to these places, we'll know. So Okinawa was one of the places. And the thing that kept coming up there was this idea of ikigai and your life purpose. If you exist in your life purpose, your chances of longevity increase. And basically, ikigai is the intersection of what you're good at, what you love to do, because those two things aren't always the same, you know, and what the world needs, also what you can get paid to do, because, you know, you need to make a living. But if you can find what's at the center of those things, then you really live a fulfilled life. So for me, that card and gift store essence was spreading joy. There's a there's an guy in that for me. And so it does fit into this topic of motivation and appreciation because for me, it's lives squarely in the center of what opportunity do I have today to spread a little bit of joy intentionally? What opportunity do I have today to to brighten um, what maybe was already a bright day or maybe it was a rather dim day, you know? So anyway, I just had to pause there because the gift, the gift store thing is very, very funny and also an incredible anchor in my sort of the compass of where I choose to go. It's really interesting.
0: Yeah. And if you're sitting here listening, going, oh my God, this is, this isn't me. I I can't do this. And you're going to shut down this episode. Don't. Because it's a spectrum, right? Where we can't, as some people even say in our office, you know, we can't all be Erica Petrelli, (laughs) right? But You, there are Erica Petrelli's among you. So, while I would like to think that I have spread some joy in the work that I do, it's not as forward facing as Erica's is. But I was able from that simple question of, like, what's your long term, you know, goals? And for her to say this this card and gift shop, you know, I, I was able to clue into like, oh, we better find a way for her to do that here. One, if we're going to keep this important, really good person and um, two, that she feels fulfilled and is is bringing the most. And this has a, a better effect because it affects everybody in a really positive way. And so if you think, oh, I can't do this, that's not true. You can do it on some part of the spectrum. And there are Erica's among you that you just have to find and let them kind of run free a little bit. And so hopefully in this episode, you'll learn why it's important to study this, why it's important to get your teams to know more about this, how to use this in their personal life. And uh, most importantly, for our purposes in their work life, which is the, you know, a huge part of your hours in your day. And then we'll follow up in the next episode with a lot of like really actionable tips that you or
1: um, the folks on your teams can do. All right. Well, and that's what you just said is so important. And I'll echo the please don't stop listening just yet because, and especially once we get to the tips, the probably you just hit on the most important point, you know, maybe our thesis (laughs) argument of the conversation, which is it's not a one size fits all approach. And in fact, if you say, oh, the only way to motivate my staff to use our current example is to give them cards, but I hate cards and I kind of hate people then you're, it's going to backfire, right? It's not going to be authentic. I'm not sure people that hate people are listening um,
0: demographic, yeah.
1: but maybe, maybe, maybe you're welcome here. They're, they're here to find you know, a, a kernel of hope. So there is not a one-size-fits-all approach, and that we're going to find, as you and I keep talking, Christine, that authentic connection and intentional connection is where it's at. And that's going to look different for every person. So it is definitely not a one-size-fits-all approach. We're, we're going to look at authentic, intentional connection here.
0: I love it. I'm writing that down. Authentic, intentional connection. Okay. Let's jump in. So why is this important for those listening that think, oh, this is very kumbaya, this is very nice, nice, but I've got a business to run. Why is this important? Why is this good for the bottom line too?
1: It's so good for the bottom line in the same way that you and I had a conversation some time ago around emotional intelligence and why that's good for the bottom line. And in the same way that I had said to you at that time, some of the statistics feel almost made up because they're so... Ridiculous, right? The same is true when we think about staff engagement and how much staff are engaged or disengaged has almost everything to do with how connected, motivated, recognized they feel right? So I had to write some of these down. I was looking and, and we, we look, uh, we kind of like scan the spectrum of who's talking. So we look at studies from Gallup. We look through Harvard Business Review. We look at what these sort of job source sites like Indeed and others are saying. So the collection of voices out in the world are indicating through surveys that up to 53% of people right now, Christine, do not look forward to going to work. Because of the lack of connection they feel with their coworkers and their supervisors. 33 or more percent do not trust their coworkers or their supervisors. And disengaged employees, so employees that feel disconnected and feel a lack of trust, cost companies, get ready for this number, up to $550 billion in revenue annually. Now, how does a lack of engagement cost me money? Well, you can break that down really easily. When you think if I'm disengaged, I'm going to have more sick days, right? And Mm -hmm. sick days amount to lost revenue. I'm not showing up to work. I'm going to leave. So the company's going to have to continually rehire and retrain. So they're never getting traction. I'm going to do just enough to get by, but never more. So revenues are going to stall, right? So $550 billion in lost revenue is just one of the many sort of staggering statistics that are directly linked to engaged employees. And more more than that, like 79 to 80%, we talk about this when we talk about emotional intelligence, how much of careers are derailed because of reasons related to emotional competencies. Well, self-reporting, people will say, up to 80% of people will say they left because they, they didn't feel recognized, or they, they felt like they wanted more recognition from their supervisors. It's one of those topics that I feel like, uh, as a supervisor, I might say, I've got these numbers to hit, so I do not have time to motivate my staff. I hire them, I pay them to do their job, they should do their job. Forgetting the very important human element, <laughs> that I'm not a robot, I'm, I'm a human doing this job, and if I don't feel recognized, I'm not going to do the best job. And that is 100% going to impact your bottom line.
0: Yeah. And what's also amazing about the ROI on this is that it actually can cost you nothing. It's it's yes. so, so unusual for something that can have such great impact can be free. It doesn't have to be. I mean, there's things you can spend money on and people do, and we'll talk about those things too. But really at the essence of it, gratitude is free to give away. And so therefore everybody should be practicing it. It's just a habit that a lot of us, especially
1: if we've been in leadership a while, we may be a little rusty on how to do it. So, You're exactly right. That That idea of just the words I say or the time I spend with you, which is free to me, there's many different studies that talk about employees that feel recognized and valued are twenty to thirty percent more productive on the job. So anyone listening can do their own math on what twenty to thirty percent more productivity from their team is going to result in in terms of increased clients or increased revenue. but it, it absolutely is something that can cost you nothing or very little. And entirely change the makeup of your organization, and actually make your you know days a little more fun too. That's not, not for, for nothing. Nothing. and it helps your personal life. I
0: mean, it's like a win win. It's also interesting to look at that if you have multiple generations in your workforce, which most of us do at this point, it's also really important to look at it kind of holistically, like, you know, generationally, even if you don't know where to start, like, where do my older employees, what generally, and these are generalizations, but generally older employees are, they're not interested in your gifts. They're not, they're actually interested in their legacy. And so when someone, you know, let's say over 50 is interested in creating legacy, no longer maybe climbing that corporate ladder or whatever. Then the way you appreciate them is appreciating their impact. You know, what have you done yeah. that is that is making this company great? What have you? Because let's face it, there's a lot of young people that move really fast now in the organization, and sometimes the older generations can feel like, wait, where's my place in this, right? And it could be your baby boomers. It could be those people that have tons of institutional knowledge who you're not quite ready to leave. Leave. They're not ready to leave the workforce yet, but there's a, a wonderful ways that you can recognize them besides just a plaque or a watch or a thing, but really like... How? What is this impact that you're ha- that you've had on us? That you've had on these people? How are you leaving this legacy while you're still here, not at your retirement party? Don't waste the appreciation just on a retirement party. Do it while they're there, so you can feel some of the positives of this impact, this ROI on appreciation that Erica's talking about. And then I was interested, in, Erica, as so I was reading about the younger generations, because um, I have kids who are. You know, ready to go to college at this point, but they'll be in the workforce, hopefully, knock on wood, um, at some point soon. But if you think about younger generations, like people, you know, in their 20s and so forth, what they most value in terms of is time, they're showing is time with each other. So if you're doing something, because think about it, at that age, you want to meet people. This is the time in your life when you're doing that. Work is a a strong place where you build networks, you build your life wherever you are. And I think a lot of these young people were affected by COVID in ways that we weren't. So they were isolated during some of those important years. And so now, any time that you can appreciate them by bringing them together, and if you can't do that, if you're all remote, there's ways you can do that online too, but that they're the studies are showing that they love being appreciated in those kind of group formats. And they're also think about, think about social media. They are used to constant affirmations, constant like buttons, constant being scenes. So if they're doing a job where they're not getting any sort of positive a reinforcement back. Whatever your judgment is about that, those of you in leadership, doesn't matter. That's what they're used to. So you kind of have to meet them where they're at and give them regular, more recurring, short little snippets of appreciation that you can give kind of quick that they're used to and in and out and then bring them together, even for a training. You know, we see that when we come in and for, with teams and work with teams, you know, the, the older folks are, are happy to be together, but those younger folks are craving it. You know, they're so excited and jazzed up to do a team building together. So sometimes the, I find the, the older ones of us in the, are like, ah, do we need to do a team building? Um, and then I'm like, just watch what happens with your, your young employees. Talk about engagement. Right. And that's where your greatest ROI is yeah. because they generally cost less because they're newer to the organization and that energy they have can boost up everybody.
1: It's so fascinating everything that you said because it's it really emphasizes this idea that it's not a one size fits all approach in terms of ways to motivate or appreciate, but it's also not a one size fits all approach in terms of looking at each of your staff individually and understanding that what they need, no, how they need it is different. But what they need is recognition that like stamp of I matter and I am making a difference. You know, you talked about that sort of legacy. I want to know that I've made a difference um, and that I've left a positive impact. So we all need that sense of I, I want to know that I matter. But how I need that might be very different. Um, And a lot of that does stem from generational differences. So older versus younger. And your um, point about, I I personally might say, oh, that thing, I don't need to do that thing. But then this other staff member does. You're practicing that platinum rule, which is so important when it comes to motivation and appreciation, which is to say, I am treating each individual team member the way they want to be treated rather than the way I want to be treated. So the platinum rule is like, just because I don't think it's important doesn't mean you don't think it's important. You know? And so when it comes to motivation and appreciation, it's really important what you just said to think about what does that person need and how is it different from what that person needs, knowing that the common connection or the common thread is they need to feel like they matter. They need to know that they're making a positive difference. And what am I doing to highlight that or showcase that today? Interesting. Now,
0: have you had any situations where you feel like you've either experienced this really well working somewhere or experienced the opposite, which is not being appreciated and what that felt like? Because I think it's sometimes important for us to remember this as what that feels like as an employee too.
1: It's so interesting. I was I was kind of ruminating because I knew we were going to be having this conversation today, right? So I was kind of ruminating over the last 20 plus years. And i had a little bit of an epiphany for myself in terms of if you said callers call in now and tell erica all the ways she didn't appreciate you the phone would probably ring off the hook listen in more ways than i would be able to tell you christine here's ways where i missed the mark because so bear with me this is a ramble right because what happens is for me as an individual i'm not most of the time, not trying to appreciate you, it's an oversight. It's a thoughtless, I was focused over here when you needed something over there. And so I don't even know the ways and places over the years that I've missed the opportunity for motivation. And so I I say that to start the answer to your question because I think it's important for all of us to think, most of us are not intentionally not doing this. We're just not, we're not being mindful of the opportunities to do it. So it's harder to look back over the years and say, oh, on that Friday, I totally was not appreciative of Christine. I'm, I'm not, it's just gonna be outside of my realm of awareness. So we have to, I believe we have to just know that we have missed opportunities because of thoughtless, distracted, it just wasn't in, on our radar. And so there's always an opportunity to be better. For ourselves. Now, having said that, when I think back about ways that I, as the receiver, have been extra appreciated or unappreciated, so many of the things that crop right up to the surface are the tiniest little moments. And so I want to highlight that too, that because oftentimes I think somebody listening might say, well, I need to give this person the big bonus and I can't. So therefore I can't do anything. Right.
0: Like grand gesture of some sort. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And it's not the grand gestures. So here's two examples from you that are good ones, Christine. Oh, thank so God don't. they're good. <laughs> I was <laughs> bracing myself. You're good. You're good. And you'll be like, are you kidding me? You still remember this? Or why did that make a difference? And that's that's why it's important. So the first one I actually think you touched on, I, funnily enough, in your in your preamble. So this was go back 22 years, right? You and I did not yet work together and did not yet know each other, really. You know, so we kind of existed in different circles. And I remember, I don't even know what I was doing. And you walked into the room and you just stopped and like stared at me. Perfect. <laughs> I I became aware that you were just sort of watching me do whatever I was doing, looking. And you said, you go, you're good. And I said, I remember going, at what? You go, I don't know yet, but I know that you're good. (laughs) I don't remember that. (laughs) It was so funny and profound. And I'll tell you why it mattered in a minute when I give an example of a a lack of appreciation moment that happened around that similar time. The reason why that's a a moment that's important is that you sensed something, you couldn't articulate it, but you wanted to offer me a moment of, I see something in you. And you didn't really have enough to say much anything more specific, but... But you saw me and stated that you saw me in that moment. And clearly it resonated because 23 years later, I remember the moment. Wow. So that is just a testimonial to what you said earlier of it. It can be free people. You have no idea the power of a simple compliment, a simple, I see you statement. You didn't even know what to do with your feelings in that moment. Like you really genuinely didn't know Any sort of, there was no productive action step. So then, you know, it wasn't like you're good and therefore let's give you this promotion. It was just an acknowledgement of I see you and it meant a huge deal. So, a similar, I'll go back to a second small example from you that's a good one to showcase how these little things of being seen stick with people. However, in that same time period, a person who no longer works with the organization who was a supervisor role was overseeing some projects that I wanted to be a part of. And he didn't know me at all, but knew me by association with another employee that that they had a very contentious relationship. So I think there was a lot of assumptions placed on, on me based on that contentious relationship. So I had was really trying to insert myself into these projects, which I saw as opportunities for growth for myself in the organization and had essentially kind of invited myself into an opportunity, and when he was deciding whether or not to like extend the invitation to actually invite me in, he said, "You know, we actually work there, right? During this project, during this meeting. So the unstated assumption is because I don't see that you you clearly are not much of a hard worker, right? Now, Christine, you know me for 23 years, so you know that I am a very hard worker. Yes, that if I, I want to be a part of a, a thing, you're going to get 100% yes. of energy and effort, he didn't know that and and made an assumption about me, but that's a moment of not being seen. And when we carelessly make assumptions about people, which we do all the time, we carelessly make assumptions about people and we devalue them as casually as you valued me by casually saying you're good and I don't know why. So those two examples for me, which happened at a similar timeframe in my early in my career, highlight those sort of casual throwaway statements, which we think are nothing, right, are so valuing or devaluing that they actually can significantly impact uh, a, an employee's choice on how much to commit, how much to engage. You know what I mean?
0: Thank you for sharing those. I mean, you know, those are good reminders for me because I don't remember that first conversation that you're talking about. I remember the feeling, though, because I remember you kind of lived in this other department and we kind of didn't know what you did over there, but I could see something, right? I saw something going on in you. But I think now what's interesting about hearing that is I think now where I may not take that moment anymore is that I think that I sometimes allow my knowledge over how I should give feedback and how I should be specific and sincere and connected to impact kind of maybe get in the way of me just taking that moment because I would maybe stop myself now and say, wait a minute, Christine, you can't just say that. That's so random. Like you need to be specific. And so let me wait and watch more till I have something perfect to say to her that's the correct, you know, quote unquote leadership way to do it. And then maybe never do it. And so that's also a lesson for those of us who've been around, like don't let, you know, perfect be the enemy of good because that was not a perfect way to give feedback, but it's an example of something that it didn't matter because that probably my essence or the the truth was sincere, even though I didn't have the words for it Yeah, um, then. So that's a good thing for me to remember because I think I probably feel that way with a lot of people in our organization now and then stop myself thinking, I'll wait till I see them really doing something that I can specifically talk about.
1: Oh, you're blowing my mind right now because here's what happens, I think is that we wait to to have the formula perfect, like you said, and, and like the data collected. But when it comes to motivation and appreciation and that sort of genuine gratitude, I think it's always a little bit messy because it is organic and authentic in that moment. And so what potentially is happening is... You say, not you, Christine, you humans in general, say, I'm going to wait until I have the correct data collected to offer this bit of a compliment. And, and then time passes. And in the meantime, what does come up probably more regularly are opportunities for that corrective feedback. And you do have those conversations with the person. Oh, we need to tweak this. We need to strive harder in this way. So you're actually giving a lot of the corrective or guided, or let's let's tweak this, which is all good. It's all productive and positive. But in the end, that then becomes the only message that the employee is hearing. And even though you have a growing collection of positive things you would think about them, if you're never saying those things out loud, the only story that the employee hears is there's lots of room for, for improvement <laughs> But I'm not sure that I'm actually having any sort of positive. Is there ever a moment where I am a positive contributor in this room? If we forget to tell that part of the story, they don't hear that part of the story and maybe create coming to conclusions about how you feel about them that aren't true at all, you know? So I do think what you said is really important. It it maybe stays a little bit in the messy stuff. It's a little bit more of the, it's not as formulaic possibly as some of the other suggestions or tips that we really try to practice.
0: Yeah. And it's, and it goes all the way around. So it's, you know, we mostly are talking about if you're a leader within an organization or a team, or, you know, that you're passing this stuff to everybody that reports to you and is a colleague of yours, but it also can work up, right? So you can also, everybody needs to be appreciated. And it doesn't mean that you're kissing the boss's butt or anything like that, but you're you're legitimately recognizing like, oh, I saw this. I'm affirming that I, I like what you did here because guess what? You'll get more of it, you know? um. So yes. it comes, what comes around, goes around. So people ask me all the time, like, how do I manage up? You know, we'll stop thinking about how all the things that are wrong with your boss and what you want to do. Start noticing the small things, even if they're really tiny, make sure they're yeah. authentic, that you can appreciate about them and start to see
1: some change there. So- yeah. It's in all directions. It's accessible to all of us. And it should be, you, you mentioned at the very start, the the benefits of gratitude, because when we talk about motivate to appreciate it's so much of it lives in gratitude. I'm appreciative of, of this thing about you or this thing that you did or, and gratitude, like you mentioned, it is a physical benefit to all of us to practice and receive gratitude. It's a psychological benefit, you know, Practicing gratitude and receiving gratitude lowers our blood pressure, lowers our stress, increases our positive sleep, increases our connectivity and decreases our isolation. There's so many benefits to gratitude and it is both for the receiver and the giver. So speaking of that, the second example that I thought of with you, which was a tiny one, it was we had been working together. I had had my first child, my daughter, and she was still in that sort of baby toddler age. And this is a, such a small example again. So we had our holiday staff meeting that included like a secret Santa, secret snowflake, you know, the the gift exchange where we each select a name from a person and typically these kind of holiday gift exchanges you're giving, it's an office gift exchange. So it's like, here's a mug, <laughs> here's a glass of wine, here's like, you know, it's like, here's a candle, they're lovely $20 or less you know, fairly impersonal so that we can all just connect. Now, those are wonderful. Doing a holiday gift exchange is a great way to motivate your staff. I, so I'm not bashing that. What I want to say is what you did this one particular year. You had drawn my name. So it came to me and you plunked the present down in front of me. And before I even opened it, I looked down at the gift wrap and you had had specialized gift wrap. That was a picture of me and my daughter. Like our family was the gift wrap. So I was already stunned. I was stunned that you would have taken a moment to special order gift wrap that had my face on it. And then I opened it up and the picture was a blown up framed picture of my daughter. And it was so personal. And so that sort of, you weren't trying to motivate me to work harder. You were appreciating me because you knew how much I loved her and loved being a mom. And you took a little bit of extra time to do a little bit more than just go buy the candle for the gift exchange at the office. And I'll never forget it. I mean, she's 15 now and she was probably one at that time. And so that's the thing of like, yep, it cost you a little money. So there was a little money there, but what it, what it was was you taking a few extra beats to think Erica's the person I have. What does Erica love? What would, take her breath away a little bit. And it started with a gift wrap. So this is what I mean. These things that you think this can't possibly make a difference, make all the difference in the world. Thank you. It's true. You're going to tear me up. Well, it's true. I mean, we talk about it probably every time I talk, I say some version of it, but it's so true to me. The tiniest moments that we just think of as throwaway moments. You know, we spend so much of our time focusing on the bottom line in these big ways. But we just forget the power of the tiniest human exchanges. And especially in organizations where you're trying to, or you have succeeded in having a staff that stays together for more than a year, you know, that you try to have longevity in your organization, you're not going to get the longevity just by pushing your KPIs. You're going to get the longevity by connecting as humans and not skipping over those tiny moments.
0: Yeah. And knowing, you know, Mark Horstman from the Effective Manager, he calls it, you know, knowing your people. Other folks say different things, but it's true. Like what your folks value is really important to know, because if you can see them and value that in them, then they're going to give you maybe 20 more years of work and not wait on opening their gift and card shop. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, I want to say one other story that I have. I was, uh, probably sixteen, and I was working, you know, in back in in Dallas where I'm from, and at the Glazed Honey Ham Company that that epic empire, Glazed Honey Ham Company. And you know, I all I wanted to do was work in the back where all the cute boys worked with blow torches, and you know, because you'd put these hams, spiral cut them, put honey you know tons of honey and sugar on the top and then blow torch it into all the sides of the ham and i mean what more fun can a 17 year old have (laughs) especially when there's like cute boys with blow torches you know for a texas 16 year old girl that was heaven and so all i wanted to do was work in the back and the the guy who was managing the store as you can imagine you know probably not he was old to me but probably in his mid-20s you know and um he was like christine you can't be in the back and i'm like well that's not fair i've worked here longer than they have and it was the holiday season and the front of the store is packed with like you know all these women who have been in line in the cold waiting to get their glazed honey ham and want to argue with me about the size of the rump or the you know whatever it was and you're running into the freezers and the fridges to get the stuff and you know And I was like, no way. I want to be in the back. That's where they're having fun. They're laughing. You know, and he he sat me down. I mean, all he had to say was... No, it's your job, right? You're. <laughs> this is like you need to be up front. But what he said was so great, and I'll never forget it. I mean, he said it when I was six. He said, "Christine, anybody can be in the back with a blowtorch." He said, "You, you've got people skills." He said, "You need to be up front where you have the biggest impact on our company. People love to see you. You spread some holiday cheer. You're the. You might be the best part of their day when they've been standing in line for hours for this ham. And whatever you want to do up there to. Uh, to make that your space and to make that fun, I'm all for. So I was like, really? And then I felt important, right? Which a 16 year old girl doesn't necessarily always feel, especially in in work, right? So I was like in the, in the eighties. So I was like, okay, so I could do anything? He's like, yes. And so all of a sudden I felt like I had agency, right? So I brought in those little headbands with, you know, uh, candy canes on the top. And I had, I had gift, gift packages. I had lottery numbers for everybody in line and they would, you know, earn a stuffed animal or free ham. I got them to give away like free ham clippings. I had music going. All of a sudden I made everybody up front you know, wear these little Santa hats or whatever to uh, get every, and I all of a sudden felt like, oh, I can really, I'm going to make it more fun to work up front than work up, up back. Right. So he tapped into that part of me. So I, I always think about that because I'm like here, he could have just said, nope, you're staying up front. Or he could have done probably the worst thing and moved a really good, you know, customer facing employee to the back. Yeah. And instead, he kind of tapped into like my sense of wanting to feel important. And and he got so much more to the point where we started beating, you know, honey baked ham, our competitor,
1: uh, because no one wanted to wait in that line. So (laughs) it's your story is a perfect story of how that productivity, when if anyone questions the bottom line, just listen to Christine's ham story, because that's exactly it. He was getting from you enough. You were doing your job in the front, the lines were, you know, going by the, like things were functioning fine. But when he did that one simple act of appreciation of, I see you, you've got something special, go be special in your own special way. You, you didn't even know maybe, or maybe you did that you were operating at like a five.
0: Oh, I don't think I do. No. Or what
1: you were capable of. Right. And then you just turned that dial up. So it became more fun for you. And as you just pointed out, then suddenly the store is benefiting. Profits were increasing. You were probably getting great customer reviews, you know, all because of that one, I see you moment. It's a perfect story. So I'm going to challenge us because you've, you've inspired me today
0: with this appreciate to motivate, Like We're talking about work, but it's a Friday, the day that we're taping this. It won't be a Friday when this comes out, but because we're, we're about to go into the weekend, I'm going to try this too at home because one of the things that I find is if we practice at home, it helps work. And if we practice at work, it helps home, right? We're full people. We're not just half a person. So try doing something at home, right? So I'm going to try with my daughter who's here. I'm going to try with my husband. I'm going to try with my friends. So I'll hear their feedback, I'm sure, (laughs) later. But I'm not going to tell them I'm doing it. But I'm going to try to find some of those moments, Erica, that you said. Because sometimes I think when you share those stories of things that happened a long time ago, I I don't even really remember it. And I think to myself, am I doing enough of that Now, in my busyness, am I doing enough of that now? Because it doesn't take much. It just takes, as you said, authentic, intentional connection. I heard that, I wrote it down. So I'm going to try giving some authentic, intentional connection, but not just connection of like, I'm going to be present, but in, I'm going to try to see how can I appreciate you just a little bit? Because I may not know that you even appreciate it now. Because I didn't know those stories. I didn't remember those stories that you said until 22 years later, right? Just like right. the glaze, my Glaze Honey Ham manager, if you're out there listening, <laughs> write to me uh, because
1: he doesn't know. He probably has no idea no. that happened, right? Exactly. These moments at best change the mood of the moment, but they sometimes change a person's belief about themselves for the whole rest of their life. Like there's probably some seed in that that set you on your future trajectory to be the president of a company. Those little moments add up to, this is how I see myself. Yeah. And we collect those moments and then tell the story of ourselves. Yeah. So yes, if you think it, say it. Awesome.
0: All right, Erica, I'm going to invite you back. Because we're going to have another episode on how to do this specifically. So we'll give you lots of tips where if you're sitting here going, wait, I'm a little bit lost. How do I do this? It doesn't come naturally. I'm out of practice. Or if you think that your teams or your managers or the leaders in your company need more, have them listen. Um, And we'll just go back and forth with some quick, actionable tips on how to appreciate, to motivate, an attitude of gratitude. (laughs) We've got lots of catchphrases here. (laughs) All right. Thank you guys. Um, and tune in in for the next episode. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'd like to give a special shout out to our podcast producer, Richard Francisco. Check out our notes for any details. And if you get anything out of this, please follow us. And if you enjoy it, please take a moment to rate us or write a comment. It will mean the world to us. We'd love to hear from you. And if you just can't get enough, follow me on TikTok and check out TLPNYC.com slash podcast for more information.